0: Podcast world and welcome back to the show. And here we are again, another week, another episode, another guest, but the same old host. That's right, it's me, your man of the hour, Zach Efron. For everyone out there who is listening to the show, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in. Also, if you enjoy listening each week, I would love it if you can take a second to help out the show. Please subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. This is the best way to help out the program. It would do so much for me and my spirit because my spirit is low. Just kidding. I am a happy-go-lucky guy, and speaking of today's episode, I am blessed by none other than my good old friend Jose Ilosigi, coming to you all the way from New York City. I don't know why I'm doing my radio voice. Anyways, Jose has always been a fan of the arts, and an incredibly creative person himself, I might add. We actually both studied under the same arts degree at the same school in Miami, so that's a little bit of history about how we first connected. Anyways, it was a real pleasure to catch up with an old friend and have have him on the show to discuss my groundbreaking topics, movies, film, literature, music, and breakfast, because breakfast is essential. Thank you, Kellogg's. So get ready, folks, because here is episode 30 of Conversations from a Room. <music> But I want to hear about you, man. It's been so, I mean, it's been years since we talked, and I just want to know, I just, how are you doing? How's life? How's everything going?
1: Man, it has been a shit show this year. Uh, you know, <laughs> like like anybody who you talk to right now, it's been a shit That's show. That's not where
0: I thought this was going to go. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but overall... I, can't, <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, man, it's been a great few years. Like, just no, been no, coasting. It's, man, been, a, yeah, it's, a nice it's controlled been a nice, shit, shit show. show. But within the shit show, it has been
1: you know, a, a hell of a journey for me. You know, I've now it's been five years, five plus years that I moved to New York. And, um, before you know it, I mean, you've been in LA for quite some time and before you know it, you blink and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm here. Like I'm no longer part of the Miami ecosystem. Um, you suddenly just find yourself in this world of like, you know, like there's are just new patterns and new challenges. So um, each year progresses and presents a new set of challenges. And I can't say that it's gotten easier, but certainly has, I've gotten more accustomed to it. So in some ways it does feel easier, but man, I, it's, it's been great. Obviously this year has been uh, a challenge, I think for everybody, but navigating through that has just been a a huge improv exercise. (laughs) You know, like I, I, I have no, um, expectations. I just take it day by day, and I, I certainly feel like in the last, I think in the last six months, the routine has been like, okay, well, you know, is this the, the normal, right? We talk about like the new normal, is this the normal, but I kind of remind myself that, you know, no, this is not the normal. Eventually I will be able to travel and come see you and have a few beers or see anybody. And so, um, but then that it's been great now, um, you know, mm-hmm. aside from everything. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I'll say this, I can assure you 99% of the people who listen to you saying this are going to find it very refreshing because a lot of times, you know, the way that we feel in this, in this situation right now is that we feel like we're alone. We feel like everyone's kind of fighting their own fight, but no, man, we're all in this together. And I feel like, but do you feel like it's been, it's been tough for you? Like, I know this last year has been a shit show, but like you said, you've been living in New York now five years and that, that has gone by so quickly. Do you feel like you know every year is kind of just a, a, a learning curve, or have you kind of situated yourself in your life now as a New Yorker, as a person? Yeah,
1: the learning curve has gotten better, but the curve continues to grow. You know, year one presents a, a new set of challenges, mm-hmm. figuring it all out. You know, why am I here? Trying to figure out where am I going? Yeah. What's what's the energy? What's what's in my rotation? Um, and then year two is okay. A little settled, uh, but still trying to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. And eventually after year three or year four, you're like, oh, I, I think I get it. The journey to get there, you always look back on it and you're like, okay, I, because of the things and because of the, the, the events that happened and because of the people that I've mm-hmm. met and because of the situations that I've gotten myself to, I've gotten to the place that I am today. So although there have been obviously bumps on the road, there have been great highs and there have been great moments. And uh, I would not, I can't say that I can look back in my years here in New York and say, man, I wish I hadn't done that or not, because everything that I've done has gotten me to this point. And although I preface your first question with it's been a shit show, it's been a wonderful shit show. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I've met great people. I, um, I'm i happy um, and I'm still trying to figure it all out. So I like you said, we're all in this journey together. So I'm um, I'm content, very happy.
0: That's good, man. Because one of my one of my favorite words or terms is controlled chaos. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a <laughs> yeah. beautiful little term. But controlled chaos is exactly my lifestyle, man. I mean, I don't know. I can't really talk for everyone, but at least for me, like you start to you're really hard on yourself. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. you have all these pressures of wanting to be this person that you thought you would be when you were a kid, or when you were a teenager, yeah. or when you were in college. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you want your life to go in this specific way. Um, and I think you can thrive for that or you can you can try to achieve that it's a good goal to, to continue to push forward i was way 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 too hard on myself at the times where I felt like it wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. A lot of times I do take jobs and I'm like, you know, this isn't the most sophisticated job, but it'll lead to something. And if I, if I'm really serious and I work hard, you know, my dad always told me if you do something right the first time, you don't have to go back and do it again. So just right. start, start doing it right from the beginning. Yeah. I, I want to talk about, we were really like, I, I, I miss you, man, because we we were pretty close in college.
1: Miss you too. I was so
0: intimidated by you because you were the guy who was doing what I wanted to do. You were this like slapstick Jim Carrey, just comedian character actor. Like funny thing is, you were so flawless about it. And you were like, no, this is, this is, have you, have you watched the Mandalorian? I have. It's fantastic. You know, like the saying, his saying is like, this is the way, this is the way that w- this is that w- that was you in college. You're like, this is the way this is, this is what <laughs> this we is do. It. Yeah. Well, like, I appreciate
1: everything you said. And, and I think that in every, to kind of go mm-hmm. back to our new world terminology in every class, there was always one guy mm-hmm. and it, in that sort of space in that sort of, you know, world and she certainly you and I always mirrored each other in that way and that's I think one of the reasons why not only we Mm -hmm. worked together very well but we got along very well because we had those same sensibilities and we just connected in that I mean there I think for me what I always appreciated is that a theater in its form and acting as as much as to your point it's about feelings it's 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 mechanically it is a performance so you do have to deliver the goods always um, yeah, yes, and, exactly. and it, it, you have to deliver it. And in some ways I always felt to me that it, it's so crazy, like to me always acting felt very much like a job, even though it's not really supposed to, but it always did. It always felt to me like uh, uh, acting is a job. People are paying for a performance and therefore you have to deliver it. And I always approached the work that way. Obviously, all the techniques that we learn and the exercises to get us to that place are always very important, specifically with the, with the um, mentoring that you get from professors and from folks who've been in the industry and um, mentors and even uh, colleagues as well. But in the end, it's really up to you to deliver the goods. Um, and I think growing up, since I was a kid, I had so many great inspirations. Obviously, you bring up Jim Carrey. I mean, the, he's the mm-hmm. GOAT, if not one of the GOATs uh, for me. Um, and so many others watching them they, they just made such a huge impression on me uh since I was a kid because of their ability mm-hmm. to just get get it done so I always challenge myself to always just no, no matter what just deliver a good performance i've I, I've been performing since I was a kid you know i I grew up just a little bit of my story like I grew up in Cuba mm-hmm. and my first real access and and entrance into what it is performance and theater was really in cuba i performed a lot when i was in cuba um i was part of a theater company so you know that training kind of helped me hone Mm -hmm. and really respect the craft in a way that i was like you know i I gotta make sure that you know i you know learn my lines kind of basics right learn the lines understand what the character is and most importantly understand what an ensemble is, working with other people. That's really important. The ensemble is everything. You're as good as the rest of your of your colleagues and the rest of the people that you perform with. So I really love that. To me, theater is not as much as it is about me, but rather how good of a performance I give in concert with everybody else. So that grew into, obviously, as a kid, then as a, as a, as, as, as a teenager in, in high school, then obviously a new world and everything and like that. So the bug is still always with me. And so I keep the muscle like that. And anytime that I'm with people, anytime that I'm around with anybody, there's always a level of performance, you know,
0: absolutely through the world you know, is your, audience. you know, how it is
1: it is absolutely. So it, it always stays with me.
0: I think your passions and and the arts and and your dreams, they should always always be there, but sometimes they do kind of they do kind of drift into different directions and that's okay. But I think as an artist, it's always going to be there. Yeah. I think that there's always going to be that passion there and you always have time f- for yourself to continue to push forward and move through and there's never any shame in in you know in changing directions and in, in something. And whether you don't ever do it again, like you said, you know, you're always performing, whether it's off stage or on stage or in front of a camera or not. Like you're always going to be Jose. You're always going to be, you know, your life is a character. You know what I mean? Like you're always going to be this guy. You're always going to be doing something to entertain people. And a lot of times like that's where it started. Yeah. It started with making mom and dad laugh. It started with, making you know, brothers and sisters laugh. That's, that's where the characters are born. And those are still going to be your most important audience members because that's all that matters. Absolutely. I'm getting a fire truck. (laughs) I think that the, the good thing is that the
1: opportunities have really changed for at least our generation. Um, when we were, at least when we were in college, it just felt like the path to success or the path to like a working actor's life was very linear. It was very much like, you got to do this, you got to do this, or you got to do that. And it's like, now it's like, wait, hold on. There's just so many things that you can do to express your art. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be this or that. So for me, it's about trying to find what is that that journey going to be, um, and I'm still discovering that. Um, and I can't—I mean, I, I got to say, like, even the the my experiences that I've had even in New York that have not been at all performance related or arts related will at some point pay its dividends. Will show.
0: So um, I want to move on to the theme of the podcast. We talk about film, we talk about music, and we talk about books. I like to ask the three main questions, which is give me one of your favorite films. Mm -hmm. Give me one of the worst films you've ever seen and give me your guilty pleasure movie.
1: that's... Guilty pleasure for me has always been Austin Powers.
0: Oh yeah. I, I for sure oh yeah, baby.
1: Groovy. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's just very shagadelic, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um to me, Austin Powers was always uh, a guilty pleasure because um it just um, to what we we're talking about earlier, man. This uh, uninhibited. I mean, mm-hmm. anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And I respected not only the character, but how he came about and how it just started with an idea. You know, Mike Myers used to say that he came up with the idea in the bathroom, and then he told his wife, and then it just kept going on. And he he would like talk to her, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh baby, you know, how's your dinner? Whatever, you, you know, what this and that. And then eventually, she was like, you know, what, why don't you just go and write the damn thing? <laughs> and I was like, and I always found I that, that. amazing. Yeah, so it, 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 how it started, you know, he had left SNL a number of years after, and you know, he had he had success obviously with Wayne's World, and uh, there was another film that he did. Um, but you know, oh, it was Cat in the Hat, yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the classic, the classic uh, Seuss film yeah. uh, of Cat in the Hat, which actually uh, it's not that bad. No, yeah, it's it's because it's, it's Myers, it's Mike Myers, so, it's you know, Myers he, he does exactly. His, he does his best. It is, and you can you, you even see like hints of him it, every
1: time you see a, a, any picture that he does. He, uh, look at me, picture. What am I in the 1930s? Ah, my picture. See, you know, I, i because I've been watching a lot of Martin Scorsese interviews and he always referenced things
0: as I, I did this picture with Bob. Yeah. You know, yeah and yeah. obviously, we all know well, Bob. Well, that's because Scorsese is Scorsese's 103 years old. So, you know, he can say <laughs> <Yeah>. those things. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so yeah, so he comes up
1: with it. It's just that's how he, you know, it all started from this character this flirting little, character yeah, yeah, character, yeah. flirtiness that he had with his wife at the
0: time it's kind of like how you said about you know yourself is we're always going to embody these different characters we're always going right. to be playing we're always playing right and the great thing about mike myers is that he was a player he was a character you know yeah
1: he, he the way that he got there was just that 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 it started from this interaction with his wife and then it turned to this full-blown character and then this sort of universe that he created the austin powers world you know um, which stems from the from the inspiration of the James Bond films and whatnot. So to me, certainly a guilty pleasure, and certainly someone that I uh, I adored and idolized as as a child. My one of my one of my uh, Christmas presents when I was uh, twelve, I think I, I, that I got a life size Boston Powers cutout. That oh, like and a it, cardboard cutout, a cardboard cutout. Every time that I would walk by, it would say, "Yeah, baby, you look groovy. <laughs> you look very switched on, right? Yeah." So eventually this became my alter ego and to this day, <laughs> like, you know, if I ever want to, you know, get along uh, with, my, with my lady, I'm always like, know,
0: eh, how about a little morning shag? What do you think, huh? You know? And, 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 uh, and then she says to you, just write it already, Jose. Please yeah, exactly. just write, write this thing already. Ex- exactly, and I'm like, I can't, Michael already did it. <laughs> 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 so, um, so anyway, definitely a guilty pleasure. Incredible.
1: And incredible. Um, and I think, to That's me a great one. yeah to me in terms of of a of, of film that i think is just like i will i adore and i think of great is i i mean i love inglorious bastards Oh uh, really? to me inglorious is, is is such an incredibly beautiful film um and i could quote a bunch of scorsese films too and obviously a bunch of them, so the godfather all, all the greats can, can kind of come in and and we can have a list of the top 10 and whatnot but to me um, I just I I thoroughly enjoyed Inglorious because of just the Quentin Tarantino had Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown. You can even put Kill Bill in that first first yeah, kind you know, of films that he created. But then when Inglorious came out, it was like a complete mm-hmm. break from his the work that he had done.
0: That's true. I never realized it was kind of like a new transition for him. It was, but yeah. What what about the film itself that you really well, like? Definitely a historical piece. I love history. I'm such a history nerd. Mm.
1: But yeah, I just I, I love that. And obviously, Christoph Waltz, his performance was uh, uh, detailed to me. That first scene where he is having you know the interaction with the with the family in france and you know obviously they're hiding trishana is hiding mm. under there and you know the, the whole bit with the milk and the attention to detail um it felt to me like a play yeah um, no it
0: very much was yeah
1: it was it was moment to moment you know um i i, I definitely loved it and um and a, a film that i don't care too much for that's a tough one chris I i have a low bar for films that i don't like i'm actually a very easy film uh person i'm the same way right it's kind of An tough and, and i
0: feel i feel uh, you I, can't like even bad movies you enjoy watching but i'm yeah. saying but what about a movie even if you finish it you knew at one point you're like god this is really bad this is so like the writing is terrible what do they do why do they even how did they even make this
1: yeah um yeah that's a tough one i would you know i would have to say some of some of the movies that Tom Hanks has done in the last couple of years have been Really. Ooh, uh, yeah. See, not, not ooh. Yeah, a couple
0: of clunkers. And that's a,
1: and I and I don't mean to be I don't mean this to be a hot take yeah, cuz yeah. I
0: love Tom Hanks. Sure. I think he's a national treasure. Well, which one of them which one of them is specific? Um
1: like the the one with the Disney movie where he played where he played Walt Disney. I I just, I did not care for it.
0: Was it um Saving Mr. Banks? Yeah, that one I
1: didn't care much for it. You know, I love Tom Hanks. I mean, his body of work speaks for itself. And I, you know, for me to sit here in this chair and, and even attempt to like, you know, deconstruct or criticize his mm-hmm. work is is I, I feel weird even just going there. How
0: about this? What's your favorite Tom Hanks film? You know, I think not a favorite. I think
1: for people, but I thought Cast Away. Uh, oh, are you kidding me? me Cast Away is
0: incredible. I love Cast Away. Uh, I think. Castaway, in terms of the body of
1: work that he's done, I mean, you can, obviously you can go down. Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. Apollo 13, Saving mm-hmm. Private Ryan, great. Um, but I thought Castaway was such an incredible film. The journey of that man to get there, and that was just an incredible performance. And to this day, anytime that I, I see you know, Castaway's on, I'll, I'll definitely watch.
0: He went through a real physical challenge for yeah. the film. I yeah. remember the entire theater... Literally gasping because they were so they they had never seen anything like that. I I had never seen anything like that before.
1: It's incredible. Fantastic. I I love, I love, I love him. I love Tom Hex.
0: Yeah. It sucks too because Robert Zemeckis is another good example of someone who hasn't been making like top tier films lately. Like mm-hmm. some of the Zemeckis films that you've seen in the last few years aren't really that great. You know what I mean? But yeah. he has some amazing films under his belt. I mean, he's got the Back to the Future series, yeah. he has Castaway.
1: Uh well, he did Forrest Gump. Oh yeah, Forrest Gump,
0: an incredible uh Tom Hanks film
1: exactly um and i was going to go into i wanted to talk about john williams
0: oh yeah john yeah for sure oh i love john williams he's like the one of the most incredible composers of all time he
1: is just just an incredible incredible talent and um and seeing the music i mean i think music obviously an important component of film and but he really i feel like he really understands how that in itself builds into the aesthetic of the emotions of everything mm. that not only that the filmmaker is trying to do, but also as an audience, um, how we're supposed to capture. And it's a you language
0: that a lot of people can understand, but he he reads it so nicely. He just he just gets it. He just understands it so well. He's a genius. He really is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I really I really love uh, seeing his stuff. But anyway.
0: Yeah, he's awesome, man. That that was a, I like that little anecdote. But those are that was a perfect three uh, film choices. Like I just can't believe that your least favorite movies are the past films of Tom Hanks. So you're going to get a lot of hate mail for that. Okay, but here here's a here's a question I I just uh, I've just started asking. What's a film you've recently gone back and watched after many years and forgot how great it was?
1: Oh, that's ooh, that's a great one. Um I had not I have not I had not seen The Departed in almost 10 since it came out in the theater. Incredible.
0: It probably better the second time, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Didn't see it for years mm-hmm. and then I recently just saw it. And
0: I was just like, man, like,
1: this is just amazing. And another one as well was The Aviator. I don't, you know, The Aviator. I haven't with, seen that with, one in um, a long
0: time, actually. That's funny. That's,
1: that's, that's a great film that I, I recently saw as well that I just, I, I just love, I love, uh. Kate chess she's just amazing as Catherine Hepburn. The
0: Departed is definitely like top ten, one of my favorite films of all time. It's an incredible yeah. cast, it's such a cool. I love that mafia story. Like I love any mafia film. What a great Scorsese film, yeah. like hands down yeah. from start to finish. And it, it's a great film for all those actors. Like Leonardo is great in it. Matt Damon's great in it. Fucking uh, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg is great in it. You know what I mean? Alec Al, Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Martin Sheen. Like that's such a good movie. That's a good. That's a good one. Um, but I have I have not seen the aviator since it was out like what 10 years ago i have to rewatch it then fantastic i
1: think uh, to me yeah. the aviator people when you look at the body of work that leo DiCaprio has done and obviously you know it, it goes since he was very young i think the aviator is a, a true character work for him doing howard hughes i i love that performance so much because it doesn't feel like leo dicaprio it feels like completely it's like a completely different person so to anybody listening who has not seen the aviator go see it and uh, see leo at his best in my opinion incredible
0: i'm here with my good pal jose elosegi and we have a product to uh be promoting to the world today it's called the why not bluetooth wine opener an electric self-opening wine opener that not only has Bluetooth, but the Bluetooth connects you to an app. It tells you how much wine you've been drinking. Also, it tells you your alcohol level, whether or whether or not you can drive. Jose, you've tried out this uh, this product. What do you think of it? I It's fantastic,
1: honestly. I, I think it's one of the, the, the best tech products. I'd say one of the best tech products of 2021. And you can also do upgrades as well. Um, if you upgrade through the app, you can actually it it talks with you. It actually it gives you feedback on it, you know. And at times it can be a little saucy, you know, if after you've opened your third <laughs> bottle, you, it'll it'll say things like, you know, have much, but it's an incredible product.
0: Yeah, that's 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 the mother mode. That's the uh, that yeah, that, that's that's the your matters mode. Indeed. But it my is. favorite mode, my favorite mode is the party boy mode because it, it's it's actually encourage you to drink more. Every time you open a new bottle, it says, "Let's go." <laughs> you also, but I will say this: you also,
1: if you want, you can pay for a Spanish subscription as well. <laughs> for oye, tú sabes. <laughs> and then it gets yeah. into like the Cuban mode, mm-hmm. you know, the Cuban Spanish. Mm-hmm. is like, oh, are you going to otro más? <laughs> <laughs> Ay, Dios mío. Okay. Okay. Está bien, Otro, Coño, mañana, serio. And only that, you get a complimentary membership to the Chevalier de Destebon Secret Society of Wine Drinkers for one year. Do you folks who not know what the Chevalier de Estevon is? It's the Secret Society of Wine Drinkers that you may have known this. I don't know if any Shark Tank uh, uh, listeners or followers are, are out there, but... Oh, uh, <laughs> this is a real thing. <laughs> it is. It is absolutely is. For folks <laughs> who are watch Shark Tank, Mr. Wonderful he is part of a secret society called the Chevalier de a
0: Secret society oh, well. of wine drinkers
1: that you know meet around the world. So actually, if you buy this product, you get a one-year free membership with this. So-
0: wow. So it guarantees you a, a very prestige membership into a very secret society. Indeed. And uh, back to the show. Okay, cool. So I know you love the Beatles. You're a huge Beatles fan. The Beatles is probably, without a doubt, your favorite music group. Absolutely. And I cannot agree with you more. The Beatles is phenomenal. They're an amazing group. But what's some music that you've been listening to lately? That's something that you can recommend to the listeners.
1: Yeah. Well, for me, I've been listening to a lot of like uh, um, a lot of Spanish Latin rock. I oh, you know very nice. because you know when we associate Spanish Latin music, we you know, we associate to like salsa or merengue or whatnot, you know, but, you know, there is a really huge following of, 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 of there's a whole genre of Spanish rock, which is amazing. Café Cuba, Maná, um, Soda Estéreo, these are just great, great bands that, you know, that th- the seeds of their music came from a lot of, obviously, a lot of the English and American rock bands of the 60s, 70s, and obviously 80s. Um, So I've been really enjoying listening to like really cool rock music in Spanish, which I never really did as I was younger, um, because I never really had access to it. And as I've gotten older to it, it's just just amazing. It's great sound. And I love that it's in Spanish because of Cuba and because of everything that, you know, historically how the country has been operating for the last 50 years. There has been a bit has been a a concern suppression of rock music. For many years
0: mm, um so I know that. That's yeah interesting.
1: absolutely i mean I, the ironic thing isn't this hilarious The ironic thing is that talking about the beatles like they banned the beatles in cuba in the 60s you couldn't listen wow. to the beatles and you couldn't listen to the stones you couldn't listen to really great rock bands and i guess as cuba got into the 90s and became more quote-unquote modernized um they wanted to open it up and then they this the the government then created this park in cuba the john lennon park in Havana, which they have a statue of John Lennon. So they definitely did a, a, they came up, they
0: definitely came around full circle.
1: Certainly. Um, So, you know, it was, it really was because you really were not able to hear And that, that's something that's, that you hear as well in other Latin American countries as well, through a lot of military dictatorships that happened in the seventies and eighties, specifically in Argentina, where, you know, like. In Rolling Stones right like Argentines, there's a huge cult of Rolling Stone fanatics called Rollingeros which were people that at the beginning they, they you were not allowed to listen to the Rolling Stones and now the Rolling Stones are, are are part of the Argentine um culture and and that and that historical effect is has that because of the history of it. music itself has is a great way of coalescing all of us um Absolutely and getting us on the same page.
0: It's a beautiful thing that music does, you know, the way it helps you find your base. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's such a powerful thing. It is. Do you remember how old you were when you first listened to the Beatles?
1: I do. I remember. I do remember my
0: first Beatles song. It was Yellow Submarine. And I almost have been like maybe <sighs> you know five or six which is a children's song you know we i was to say imagine if that was imagine anyone's first introduction to the beatles as yellow submarine like (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) um yeah it was yellow
1: submarine and then i think love me do and then sort of like kind of came up and then eventually Mm -hmm. i i got lost in in their music and and their personalities too yeah uh, as well yeah you know as as a group
0: all right i like to ask the guests can you recommend one book for the uh for the listeners um you know, I am, I'm a big
1: politics history buff. And, um, I would definitely recommend this book called politics for power. I have it right here. I'll plug the book right now, politics for power and how to, how to move beyond political hobbyism, take action and make real change. And the reason okay. why this book resonates is because, um, you know, we live in a world, obviously it's a very, uh, 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 we're very charged politically world in the yeah. last five let's say years um we've mm-hmm. even changed our identities how we identify ourselves now is it's very much the political yeah, prism versus like oh yeah. i'm cuban or i'm this or even religion now it's very much like politically driven how we identified how we even communicate our values and whatnot and a lot of that is lives in this world of twitter and this world of like hot takes and, and, and kind of calling everybody out. But in the end, what is the real work? The real work is in the ground. The real work is actually making change. And there's a difference between political action and political, what it's the term political hobbyism, which is a hobby. Politics in itself is a sport. And, um, and like any sport, it demands attention, it demands work, it demands um, training, and it demands accountability. So the way that we do that as a, as, as an organization, as a community, and certainly as an other generation is to not get caught up in the got you and the, I Oh, you said this two years ago, or, and I, you know, the term cancel culture, certainly not what I'm getting to, but in essence it is in that world where like, you know, we sort of forget that in the end it's all about doing the work. So the, 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 the book outlines how we have changed from a world of like action, action driven versus just politics becomes kind of like a hobby. And, um, and it, it it helped me a lot to sort of reset the way that I was processing things, you know, and in the end, it's like, look, if you really want to make change, you can certainly do it on Twitter, you can certainly do it in other ways. But in the end, the the only way that real work gets done is getting down and dirty and on the ground and meeting people and and, and pursuing whatever you want to do.
0: People forgot about the integrity of the political you know, world and the authenticity yeah. of how it started. You know, it's like, yeah. look, I, I think to have a political uh, policy that yeah. is diverse to everyone, the way that politics has changed over time is always going to be hopefully for better for humanity. But we can't go so far away from how, you know, it essentially what it actually all means, what, it, what, it, exactly. what it's actually for. We don't have to live exactly. within these old policies because that was back then. We do need change. We do need to be able to adapt to the time that we're in now because the world changes every single day. That's it's like that term, like know your history, because it's bound to yeah. repeat itself if you don't know how it's how it's how it's supposed to work.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the 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 biggest takeaway that I had was that the the goal always is like, especially in politics, is that the ultimate goal is always to learn. Like it's to govern. Like in the end. I think that what can move us in the right direction is maybe it won't be the popular opinion, but concession is important. It's understanding that you, uh, not a lot of times, you're not going to get 100% of what you want. But if you get 80% of it and the other side gets some of it, then everybody gets to go home happy and everybody gets, and that's how life is. Mm -hmm. Life is budgeting, life is balancing what you want with what the resources that you have. And if you don't get, 100% of what you want still be uh, cognizant that the ultimate goal is to work together and to move forward. It brings it back to acting. First thing we always tell us in is full listening. Listen to your partner. Mm-hmm. Listen yeah. to everybody and it, it you see the 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 correlation in acting in sports and governing your team. You Got to find a way to work together. If not uh this little this beautiful experiment that I know that our, your parents came here mm-hmm. and your, your, grand, you know, the, your family that came from Cuba and my mm-hmm. family and I came and everybody else, we came here to, to make this experiment work. We really got to find a way to listen and talk with each other because right now, um, yeah, it ain't working.
0: Because that's, that's literally what it is, man. It's, it's about this, you know, it's a communal understanding about what we all want and desire. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. All right, last quick questions of the show. Hit me. Jose, what is your unrealistic dream job? Oh, unrealistic dream job is to be an orchestra director, a
1: John Williams. (laughs) If I could do anything, and I think it stems from Bugs watching a Bugs Bunny uh, cartoon when I was a young kid. And I just love, I love the idea of directing an orchestra. And I love, I mean, I go to Carnegie Hall all the time, Lincoln Center. Anytime there's anything available for class, I go and I sit there and I'll, you know, have four glasses of wine. I'll just sit there and I'll just take it all in
0: that's i've never even thought about that that's so like the conductor huh yeah that that, that would be my dream job oh uh, you would be a great conductor too uh appreciate yeah i feel like i could fake it i could fake it till i make it <laughs> <laughs> Cause it doesn't, you have to be like, there's, they're not doing, there's, there's, they're just faking it. Right? Absolutely. That, that would be you every time you turn around and you just shrug like, I mm-hmm. mean, like, I think that was right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Do, when you, when you listen to that music at home, do you pretend like you are the conductor? I do. I do. This is something yeah. that I've done as I was a kid. I've any, anytime that mm-hmm. I have a stick, every time I have a, find a stick yeah. and I will just pretend, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. will do
1: it. I, I love, I love it.
0: Yeah. The funny thing it doesn't seem like there's much to it right because it's just like they got to be bullshitting right but i guess there's an art to it i mean it's very specific it has to be There
1: is absolutely like yeah, they make it easy so they make it very seamless
0: okay what would be the worst way to die oh goodness oh the worst way to die probably in the shitter good lord <laughs> i mean i know because because of someone finding you there <laughs> like just just mid shit, like just, just <laughs> the most just, vulnerable thing. Vulnerable. Someone put it. I had a friend of mine who put it in a good way. It's like, what what would be the worst way to die, or the worst way to die on what people would read on your Wikipedia page? Like your <laughs> Wikipedia page would say, died on the shitter. You know on I mean? the
1: shitter. Oh, that would be a, that would be a tough one to just just the whole thing. It would just. And you not know what the worst
0: done. part is, though? You're not just saying that. Like you're not just pulling out of your ass. That has people have died that way on the yeah. shitter. Yeah, absolutely. It's, absolutely. It has to be it has to be terrible, man. It has to yeah. be terrible. Absolutely. <laughs> on I don't
1: the want no, on the shitter. No, I don't want any part of that, Chris. No, <laughs> thank you. I am I'm like, I sometimes I sit down, I'm like, well, if this is how it's gonna go, let me make sure that
0: I've got some shit. <laughs> I, I look my best but my my, but the best suit i have from the waist up (laughs) exactly okay cool here's another one ready uh whether whether you do or do not believe in reincarnation what do you think you were in your past life oh yeah that's a good one
1: um i think probably like i think a monkey like if i were if i if i i i connect so much with the animal as a monkey so I mm-hmm. think that I, I am a monkey, which is, you know, evolution ah, came through. That's awesome. That's a good <laughs> one. I like
0: that. Okay. What is your ultimate, your dream breakfast? Oh,
1: okay. Ooh, that's a great one. Um, I'm <laughs> a big, I love like a, a old school Spanish omelet.
0: You know, oh, Like a okay,
1: like, okay. like, tortilla, una tortilla española de España.
0: But those are those are cold, right? Aren't they served cold? Aren't they like? Well, they, yeah. they, they can they
1: can be served cold. and They can serve hot, but usually cold. A nice Spanish good mm-hmm. omelet with a nice mm-hmm. like nice buttered toast and a nice cafecito. Oh, oh man, yeah.
0: But man. like Cuban bread toast, right? Or like yeah, of course, toast. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll mix it in. You know, old school and and the new world.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I got to plug Isla Canarias from Miami because every time I go to Miami. I got to go and I get a little bit of Islas Canarias, croquetas, un, un, un cafecito rico, uh, un, you know, uh, tostada con mantequilla. And then I bring, a, I bring a bunch of them and I bring it on the plane. I bring 20 of them and I'll just have them and I'll, you know, friends will have I I, I got always have it.
0: That's so funny. Okay, we're going to do a quick round of this or that. You ready? Okay. Shoot me. Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra? Frank. Cohen Brothers or Tarantino? Tarantino. Disney World or Universal Studios? I'm gonna go with Universal. Owen Wilson or Luke Wilson? I, I I gotta go with Luke. I'm a big Luke fan. Sammy huge bro, huge, huge Luke fan. I nothing for Owen, but man, I love I love Luke. Hey, there's something charming about him. He's a charming guy. He is, especially in old school.
1: People I like, forget. Oh, I love
0: him in old school. He's I, the Godfather. He's the Godfather. That's right. <laughs> Let me see. The Office or Parks and Rec?
1: Man, that's a tough one. That is like picking who's your favorite child, but. Um, <laughs>
0: I mean we all Which have we one. all we all definitely have one, but it's like the other <laughs> yeah. one
1: is so, you know so I guess I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the OG. I'm gonna go with the office.
0: Uh Friends or How I Met Your Mother? Oh Friends. I, I love Friends. I
1: yeah, big, me too. Big Friends fan. Yeah, huge Friends fan. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Always. Whiskey or beer? Uh I'll pound I'll pound beer any day. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Same here. Audiobook or book book? Book book
1: love love I, I i i i got a whole library i'm, I'm a big book nerd
0: super salad
1: soup i hate salad i don't i get, <laughs> It's terrible.
0: so f- sorry funny story
1: i had my, my new year's resolution <laughs> for 2020 was to eat a salad every day i did not get past uh-huh. january 2nd
0: what happened i don't like salad like that's it i just i don't I need it it's don't boring. need it in my life thanks but no thanks okay um marvel or dc uh, i neither it, it, it I neither. I'm not, a, so I'm not funny. a comic book person. That is I'm so not, funny. man. Blame Cuba for that. Uh Indica or Sativa? Oh, uh gotta go with Sativa. Uh this is a new one. Luchador or American wrestler? Luchador. <laughs> 1000%. What would be what would be your luchador name? Oh El uh El Pinguo. It's a very nasty Cuban uh <laughs> bad word. Only like That's eight gross. out of the, out of all the people that listen, if there's any Cubans they'll they know who El Pinguo is. <laughs> Uh, old school or new school? Old school, always. Sweet or savory? Sweet. That's why you don't like the salads. Yep. Early riser or night owl? Uh,
1: early riser. Uh, and not, not happily, but yeah. New World terrorized me. And, 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 and because of the fact you have to wake up early and you could never be late. Mm. That just, I'm never late, ever. New World mm-hmm. uh, put the, the fear of God in me. For traumatizing for being late and uh, being an early riser. So I thank you, New World.
0: Yeah. New World couldn't do that to me. I was late every day. So I'm still uh, a, a night owl because <laughs> yeah. of New World. <laughs> New World didn't change me at all. I didn't learn shit. <laughs> uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson or Steve Buscemi? No context to the question. You just have to pick one. I got to go with Buscemi. I mean, <laughs> I gotta, knew it. I've got to Gotta love Buscemi. Gotta, gotta love Buscemi. Buscemi. Yeah. Uh, tacos or burritos? Uh, burritos. Star Wars or Harry Potter? Ooh, I'm going to go with Harry Potter. Sleepless in Seattle or When Harry Met Sally?
1: Definitely When Harry Met Sally.
0: Sci-fi or Spaghetti Western? Sci-fi. Shortcut or Scenic Route? Scenic Route. (laughs) <laughs> I, take the, I take my time camping or glamping Glam, What glamping yeah glamp, you know glamping like it's basically uh glamour camping like you live like it's like camping but you have an rv it has wi-fi an xbox oh, there's there's a shower in there gotcha no camping 1000 <laughs> yeah. percent. okay cool superhero or supervillain, or the person working at the coffee shop while the building comes down <laughs> i'm gonna take the guy i'm that i'm definitely the i'm definitely the person
1: who works there who is useless <laughs> throughout the whole film but then they have that close-up of him at the end of the film where he's always like what <laughs> so the whole building c- crumbles and there's one person still making the coffee and it turns around and then the whole world is and it's just like what? because he has his headphones on headphones, exactly you <laughs> know he, I- he's like
0: jamming you know like yo I miss? what did i miss <laughs> what anyway here's your coffee oh, man, that's so funny uh <clears throat> That's great. That's great. All right. man. that's it, man. Do you want to promote yourself where people can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Follow me at Jose Losigi, Twitter at the gram. I'm there. I'll, uh, I'll put your, your Instagram in the episode notes. How about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's it, man. This was so nice to catch up, dude. Uh, you've always been a great guy. You still got that positive spirit. Thank you for doing this, man. It means a lot. Honestly, I appreciate all your time.
1: I appreciate you too as well, Chris. It's so nice to, you know, do this and reconnect and, this is so much fun, just to to shoot the shit with you, and uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, like you know, I've always uh, you've always had a special place in my heart. You're you're a great, same here, man. A, a, a great friend, somebody who I looked up to, a great colleague, and somebody who I hope uh, our paths and in, 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 in our futures find their way. Absolutely, and, uh, and best of luck to you and and to to the show and everything. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan, so appreciate you. Very grateful for you having me on.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate that, dude um all right well last question jose what's your favorite noise
1: my favorite noise I
0: <laughs> like like sassy Hispanic like ones. sassy i agree <laughs> is there someone in your family who does Aye. that a lot i didn't know yeah it's like anything anything happens so you know i did this and i went there I know. I had a cousin, a cousin from Puerto Rico, who every, to me, she would always say, ay, que comico. Ay, ay, era muy lindo, Chris, que comico, eh? Yeah, that's such a Cuban thing or Hispanic thing, for sure. I love that. As a a, a boy, Cuban, and as the youngest, I got a lot of, ay, as a kid. Ay, Jose. Ay, Jose. Calmate. Ay, relájate. Relájate, Jose. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you again, dude. That's it. All right. Well, here's my sign off. Uh, I'm gonna start a sentence for the sign off, and I'll have my guest finish it for me. Is that sound good? Got it. Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into another episode of Conversations from a Room. Have a nice night, and good
1: luck to you and much
0: love. <laughs> My favorite um, Beatle impression I do is John Lennon. I love to do John Lennon. I love doing Old Paul, you know, like now. Because Old Paul is always like, you know I,
1: I, you know, I had a song, I wrote a song with John, I think it was like in the six. We wrote, like, we were writing
0: Rubber Soul, and um, it had like a little lick. And I feel like George was the nasally one. Yeah. He was the nasally. He was up there. Yeah. This was George. Look, I don't want to yeah. play that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, wait, Ringo. We gotta, we gotta do it, Ringo. Ringo's well, what, always like, what you mean, what you mean, Paul? Yeah. You don't want to come to my birthday. <laughs> <laughs>